You're listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Following two best buds and former college roommates on their journey to master the stock market and the art of being a dad. So pull up your cargo shorts, put on your grass-stained New Balances, and let's throw some stocks on the grill. Here are your hosts, DJ Brown and Mike Sabala. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Stocks and Sandals podcast. This is your host, Mike Sabala, and DJ is here also. Um, But today, you uh, probably won't be hearing from me too much because uh, we're talking about a topic that I have like virtually no knowledge of. So... (laughs) Uh, yeah, sports. Yeah, <laughs> you, sport. you don't know anything about anything, any any kind of sports at all. Like Mike is the most anti-sports person I know. Uh, not anti-sports. He just it just doesn't really work for him. You know, I you like to play it. sports. I just don't like to watch or. Yeah, you are really athletic. Yeah, you're athletic. So, um, no, but yeah, I'm actually super excited about today's episode because this is one of the more unique episodes that we've done. Um, this is very much not something that like 20 episodes ago when we started this uh something that i ever would have thought in my head is like something that would be what we would be doing an episode on but like the more i actually had a few people reach out to me and suggest doing an episode on something like this and i've actually been following our guest uh jonathan keith is with us today and we he and i go at way back actually um we uh he played football at Taylor University, which is the uh, rival university to uh, worst school, <laughs> yeah, the worst school, the rival university to Indiana Wesleyan, which is where Mike and I went. Um, but I actually, uh, I'm an athletic trainer by trade, like that's what I got my degree in and stuff. So I, when I did my sports medicine rotation for football, Indiana Wesleyan at that time didn't have a football team, so we went to Taylor, and uh, I kind of got to be part of. Taylor's team and it was kind of a weird like uh hey we hate Taylor but also we love Taylor football and all that kind of fun stuff so I got to know Jonathan and uh it's been a long time um we're getting old now but uh it's good to kind of full circle back and it's been fun to see what you've been doing so Jonathan actually is the CEO and founder of a company called Brothers in Cards and today we are going to be talking about uh sports cards so I don't really know a whole lot about how this stuff works. I just know like seems like it'd be pretty cool to to do, but I mean as far as I've been talking to Jonathan and stuff, it's actually kind of got a lot of similarities to stocks. Um so I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is how we can use sports cards to maybe diversify our portfolios. Uh you can trade them, you can buy and sell them, invest in them. Um, all sorts of fun stuff that can they can grow in value, and he's going to teach us more about that. So, Jonathan, without further ado, would you just kind of take a minute to introduce yourself, tell us about like Brothers and Cards, what you've been doing, and then we'll just kind of dive in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me on here. First of all, you know the the Taylor Iowa rivalry, you know, is still there, but we always loved having you guys come help us out uh, and keep us healthy for for game day. So, always appreciated having you on the sidelines, and uh, glad to be here today. Yeah. Uh, Brothers in Cards, um, we're, we're, I, I call us a sports cards company. We are most known for our subscription box. Uh, we have the number one subscription box in the sports card industry. Um, but yeah, sports cards have been on the rise like big time, especially like the last three years. Um, you could even say the last four years. 
just because of kind of like what he said, it's just kind of a way to diversify investing. And, um, you know, it, it, it takes stars, right? It takes stars in, in sports to get our attention anyways. And that's kind of been the same with the sports cards market. Um, we ha- we've had, there's always stars in sports like Michael Jordan, those guys back in the eighties and nineties, the problem in the eighties and nineties is they didn't really know how to handle like the sports card hobby. So they just mass produce like everything. So the unfortunate thing that I'm going to lead with here is uh, hopefully at the end of this conversation, you're excited to go dig up the cards you had from when you were a kid or the cards that your, your, your family had, you know, stashed away in the attic or something like that. Um, but, uh, but unfortunately during the eighties and nineties, they mass produced a lot. And even in the early 2000s as well. So cards weren't really like worth a lot. Well, they kind of figured that out. And so over the last decade or so, they've done a better job of managing, you know, um, how much is printed. Uh, they have autographs now. Autographs are very common. Um, in fact, we use hobby boxes for our subscription box that are guaranteed to have autographs. Uh, so you get autographs of your favorite players. It, it's, the hobby is way different from when I was a kid or when you were a kid. Um but yeah, it, it's so fun, man. It's so fun. And, and uh, I've dabbled lightly in the stock market. Uh, I, I was a teacher for five years. Uh, I actually, this is my first year not teaching. I'm doing Brothers and Cards full time now. Um, so it's crazy. They, just to kind of give you an idea of the opportunity uh, that sports cards present in terms of, you know, profitability. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of different aspects of the hobby. Um, some people are saying it's not even a hobby anymore. It's more of just like its own separate market. Uh, but the fun part about sports cards is that they directly correlate to sports. So if you're a sports guy like me, you're watching the game on Sunday. You're not watching. Uh, you don't have all the screens in your house to watch the stock market or, or whatever like that. Um, you know, it's kind of this. It's taken on a similar role to where, you know, guys that come in and play like immediately their stuff goes up. Um, and, and so much so that I have cards that I've, I've just got plenty of different players um, that I'm just waiting like Jalen Hurts was a perfect example. I've been buying Jalen Hurts cards for a dollar to five dollars, um, you know, for a while because of the potential. And that's the word I use the most when I talk about. I mean, that's how you talk about stocks, right? Potential, 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 potential. Same thing with sports cards. Um, the, the cool thing about sports cards is uh, you can open it to to all entry levels. Anybody can join in. If you want, you can go in and you can go buy f- buy five one dollar cards. When I go to card shows, I spend more time in dollar boxes than I do anywhere else because I'm looking for those potential cards that can go from being a dollar to thousands of dollars. Sounds crazy. I've seen it happen many a times. Um, and that's just like one aspect of the hobby. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of fun to be had. There's this fine line between fun and profitability that uh, definitely has to be navigated and there has to be some learning in those things. And I've definitely had times where I've had a ton of fun, no profitability or a ton of profitability, but no fun that month. And, uh, you know, so there's that fine line, just like in any profession or job. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about it tonight because because uh, there, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that collected cards when they were a kid uh, or, or had somebody that did and, and, you know, just learning about the different way to capitalize on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a, uh it's super interesting. Like I just never like thought of them in that way. You know what I mean? Like I've, I I had Pokemon cards growing up, like they're going in, they're crazy. Do you still have them? I don't like somebody actually from an old church of mine stole them ironically. So yeah, it's (laughs) a, but yeah, they're probably loaded off of them. But anyways, but you know, it's, 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 it's interesting because this is just such like a, um, it's not like, knit or I guess it's not like up and coming this has been something that's been around for a really long time but I think that it's like becoming more and more popular and more and more 
profitable, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like the first question that I have is just like, I mean, how did you get into this? Like, let's just start with kind of your background in this. How did you get sure. into this? How did you decide I'm going to start a sports card company? Yeah, sure. That's great. Uh, I love starting there actually. Um, so when I got married in 2013, uh, I was still playing football at Taylor and, uh, you know, we're moving all my stuff into the apartment and my mom's like, yeah, all this sports card stuff in your closet's got to go. So I bring it to my apartment. My wife's like, yeah, absolutely not. Is that going to stay here? And so I was like, oh, you know, like I, I'm playing football. I don't have time for a job. Like I'm going to sell it. Right. And so again, I'm collecting in the nineties or early two thousands. So as I'm trying to sell, I start to realize like, oh man, like I can't, like I, this stuff's not worth very much. Like what a bummer. Like I thought I had all the Peyton Manning's in the world that would make me rich. And here we are, they're like a dollar each. And it was kind of a bummer, like realization that like, you know, what I had collected when I was a kid didn't have any value. And it kind of got me thinking like, well, I want to change that. Like I, I want to collect, I want to get back into collecting, but what I get now, I want to have value. I want to make money in the meantime. So I sold off all my old stuff and had like a small chunk of change to kind of like start over with. And, uh, you know, I, I just started look getting on eBay. That's that's where I would send anybody looking to dabble in it is eBay. It, eBay is people will tell you it is the worst thing about the sports card hobby, but it's also the most necessary part of the sports card hobby. Um, just because, you know, you can get appraisals for your collection literally right there. Type it into eBay, search it, go to sold listings. That's what your card's worth. Um and so, you know, that was a great place to start. And, you know, so I started with little stuff like Russell Wilson at the time was like a second year guy. And I was like, he's going to be great. I like Russell Wilson. And um, he had like Jersey cards. They make cards with like pieces of the Jersey in them. And I could see that they were selling from like $10 to like $30. Like, in a, that's a like at the time for me, I was like, that's a big range. So I was like, man, if I could buy some for 10 and sell them for 30, like after fees, I'm making, you know, 15 bucks. Like, why wouldn't I do that? So I kind of just started with just Russell Wilson jersey cards. And I'd go to card shows and I'd do that with different players. And dude, I made a hundred bucks at card show. Like at the time, like I was like amped about it. It's like, man, this is gas and we can go out to dinner tomorrow. Like, you know, it was just like gas money. My brother and I were doing it together because my brother played at Taylor too. And uh, um, so we were doing it kind of just to get gas money on the side. And, you know, as we kind of grew a little bit and learned a little more and, you know, kept grinding, uh, I have insomnia. So like when I can't sleep, I was like, well, let's see what I can, let's, let's, let's make this valuable time. Like, you know, and I'd try to just, you know, if I couldn't sleep, I'd be like, okay, well, let's find a card that I can get and flip for double the money or something like that. Those are my goals. And, uh, you know, just kept building, building, building. Um, another part of the hobby are called box breaks. And it sounds kind of crazy, but if you've never heard of them, but a box break is, so I buy this box, say it's $200 and I sell all 32 teams. So like, say I sell their 32 teams for like, I don't know, 15 bucks a piece or something. Just say it ends up being like, you know, $270. I made $70. doesn't take that long to do. You you get to open the packs. You send the, the cards of those teams to everybody. So it's like, I started doing that like once a week where it's like, okay, so I'm flipping cards on eBay. I'm going to card shows and now making like another couple hundred dollars a week doing box breaks. Um, and that's really what it was like for like the first, you know, four or five years. And then uh, a kid, I was a youth pastor in Kokomo and this kid comes with this subscription box for like comic stuff. And I was like, that's a wicked awesome idea. Like, I love that. Like there should be, I should start a subscription box in the sports card world. So I go and I do my research and there's like five of them out there already. And I was like, dang it, man. Like I'm late. Like I had this wicked <laughs> idea. I'm late to the party. And uh, so like, you know, I'm starting to look at these trying to figure out honestly, which one I was going to be a customer for. 
And, you know, there was just things I didn't like about each one of them. And it was just like, to me, I was like, it'd be best if it was done this way. And then I kept thinking about it. And I was like, why not, man? Why not? Why not try it? Like, I'm a teacher. I have to do something else. Like, teachers get paid like $5 a month. And uh, <laughs> and, and so it was like, I got to try something. And, and so, you know, my, my buddy and I, we started the, the Pack Plus program. And the first month we sold, it was a thing, I think it was like 60 packs. And uh, we're about three years old and we, we're going to sell over 10,000 this month. So uh, it, it's gotten crazy. It's, it's grown much faster than I ever thought it would. Uh, but, you know, again, it started as a niche and then the, the hobby has just exploded over the last few years. People are recognizing more of the, you know, the stock market aspects of it that you can buy in cheap and hit big. There's the fun aspect of, you know, oh, I just got this, you know, we, 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 we uh, somebody opened a, pack of cards from our box this year i think it was like in february and they got a kobe zion autograph like i had both their autographs for it he got it graded which increases the value sold for twenty five thousand dollars. so <laughs> the, the potential that is there in sports cards that he got from a nine dollar pack um you know it's there there's there's life-changing cards that come out of our program each month last month we got there was somebody got like a five thousand dollar joe burrow autograph um somebody i mean it's it's every month that that stuff happens. And that's cool to be a part of. That's really cool to be a part of. So how do you go about getting these cards now since you're doing it on such like a larger scale? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. We, we, um, the most fun part of it, again, you got that, that, that line between fun and profitability. The most fun part for me is to open boxes. However, opening boxes is not necessarily the most profitable. It might be the most fun, but it's not always the most profitable because you could open and the other part of that is like boxes have gotten so expensive. Like our gold box and our subscription box is $140. It's about to jump up to 145. That's cheaper than any other hobby box in basketball or football. Um, so, I mean, in football, like the products that I like are like five to $600 or, or $400. Like I, I can't just, you know, go around just buying boxes, ripping them for the heck of it. I do it like once a month and I hate myself for it sometimes because <laughs> it's such a big buy-in, you know, like when they were, when they were like a hundred, 150 bucks, I was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to get something back. I probably, you know, we'll get close to breaking even now it's like not that way. So the hobby has definitely gone crazy in that aspect, but I get cards from opening boxes occasionally. Um, we go to card shows. That's where I get most of my cards is we'll go to card shows. There's one in Fishers. Um, there's one in Shipshawana that we hit up pretty regularly. And, uh, we set up as vendors and we sell and we interact with customers and stuff. We also go around, we buy a lot. Um, what we, what my, what our best thing to do is, and again, and again, I was saying, uh, you know, the, the all entry levels are really there. Like you could buy a hundred dollar card and say, this could be a $200 card next month. That that's what it is right now. Like you could get it like jaw right now is hurt. You can get jaw cards. I have one right now on my eBay store for $200. Somebody offered me a hundred bucks and I turned them down, but I bet you that guy gets one for a hundred bucks. When jaw comes back, scores 50 in his first game back or, or shortly after that card is going to be a $200 card. That's John ja Morant, Mike. He's a basketball player. As I know you're, <laughs> okay, you're sitting here you. thinking, uh, <laughs> I have no clue who Jaw. Are we talking Jaws? Like da, na, da, na, you know? yeah, dude, To be honest, I'm still thinking about those Pokemon cards that you got. Hey, the Pokemon market stuff. is here too. Pokemon yeah, that, came out with like a new product like two months ago, maybe. And like when that happened, there was like a craze run on first editions, which is the stuff we were getting when we were kids. Like the, the Charizard card that we all, you know, longed for and most of us got eventually. Like if you get that graded, which is like when it tells you the condition, you're looking at like five digits if it grades a 10. 
which is crazy. Like, like that kid, that card that you were yeah. like, boom, fire blast, baby, game <laughs> over. Like that yeah. card is can buy you a car now. Like, it's insane. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I. It's hard to remember, but I'm almost positive that I had a Japanese holographic Charizard first edition at one point, and I it's gone obviously, yeah. but I'm like 99.9% positive that I did. But I mean, I was a kid and it, you yeah. know, left yeah. it just laying around like it was nothing. And now, you know, pissed off about it, but whatever, you know, so, I did so, my so. entire Pokemon collection to like a seven year old kid for five bucks at a garage sale. And I was like, eh. uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so does the, so does it being like holographic increase the value and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. Um, there, there's a lot of, uh, details, um, that, you know, some are worth more. I mean, there's a lot of cards you can look at and be like, these are the same card. I don't know. This one has this little slight detail that makes it more rare and that makes the value go up. But yeah, the first edition holographics are definitely, if they're, if they're in good condition, uh, they're definitely way up there on the chain. I couldn't believe it when stuff was coming out um, and we were finding out just how valuable those things have gotten. They used to have like, um, like if there was like a misspelling on them or something like that yeah. too, like some of those like rare ones where like they mess something up and then all of a sudden that makes it worth more which I mean, obviously you would think the opposite right there's right. this is spelled wrong but i think you know it's, it's it is pretty crazy how like just the details can make something so different i think that kind of really ties into to the stock market like you're always trying to find like the next big winner or like the next you know uh, the next big thing that hasn't been found yet or whatever. And you're looking in the details of the company or you're looking at like, what do they do? What do they, what do they sell? How are their, you know, what's their, you know, balance sheet look like all that kind of stuff. And then you're trying to fit, think like, yeah, that's, it's a speculative play, but like, I think that's going to be the next big thing and you try and get in and you're either right or you're wrong, you know? So that's interesting. Um, so let me w ask this. Okay. So like, what are some of the, what, I don't even know how to ask this. It's kind of hard for me to ask, but like, what are some of the things that like, you mentioned these details, what details make a card the most valuable? Like, would you say like an autograph, like if you have an autograph, like it obviously skyrockets it, or is it like not necessary, but like maybe something else? Like what, what, I guess, what do you look for in like a super rare card or? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Cause uh, it's funny because it's very different between sports. Um, it differs between sports a lot. Uh, I would, I would say, and I actually just, uh, um, probably like six months ago, I made a YouTube video on our YouTube channel, brothers and cards, um, kind of like with just a bunch of initial tips on investing. And I've actually just put today for this podcast, I put that as like the top video. If you go to my YouTube channel, it's like the featured video. So brothers and cards on YouTube, if anybody wants to kind of learn more about the details I'm about to mention here, but, um, like with football, which is my passion, that's what I collect the most. Um, as crazy as this sounds like quarterbacks um, and, and uh, you know, there's not really a lot of skill position guys that like will stay valuable. If that makes sense. Like Odell, when he made the catch and for the year or two after his stuff was bananas. Now those same cards that were selling for hundreds of dollars, you can get them for like 20, 30 bucks. Um, he can go to the hall of fame and that's not going to change unless he does something like awe inspiring like that again. Now, it's different with quarterbacks. I mean, and rookies are what you want. I mean, that's, that's the key. <clears throat> a few years ago, like maybe six or seven years ago, autographs were like supreme. Like you could get an autograph of even a nobody and it would still be, 
you know, $10, $20, $30 card. That's not the case anymore. Like, honestly, it, it's all about player. It's about uh, product. It's about position. <clears throat> it's about market. Um, Mason Rudolph is a prime example. My biggest payoff, this is going to sound funny, but my biggest payoff in everything that I've done so far has been Mason Rudolph. Um, and I don't know how much you know about the Steelers, but he, he uh, you know, was Ben's heir apparent. Um, we bought, I really liked him coming out of Oklahoma state. We bought a bunch of stuff at like two to $5. Like, I don't think we ever spent more than like $25 on any of his cards, even his autograph stuff, like all of that. Um, and then big Ben got hurt. He came in, he had one good game. We listed everything on eBay. I had about, I had about a thousand dollars invested in Mason Rudolph in like four days. I sold like 15% of my inventory for about 2000 and he has sucked ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have a whole bunch of Mason Rudolph cards and I'm still up a thousand dollars. Um, and I'm excited because he's actually getting to start this week against the Browns. Hopefully get some, uh, revenge and do a little better. Um, but you know, it, the, the, the craziness and the holds and all those things, it's really about finding those products because prism, like a prism rookie card, both in football and basketball, a prism rookie card does better than most autographs for that player, which sounds insane, especially if you can get it graded in good condition. Um, for example, I just sold a Kyler Murray Prism Rookie PSA 10. It was graded perfect. I sold one of those for like $500. I have a Kyler, Miser, Kyler Murray Rookie Prism autograph. I sold it for $300. So you would think that the autograph would be worth more, but you know the market dictates everything. eBay dictates everything. And right now the craze is perfect condition prism rookie cards. So the prism, the brand. Yeah. So so Panini makes all of the cards for football and basketball. There's different products. Like there's prism, there's optic, there's select. There's all these different products that have like a hierarchy. Um, Prism is not considered high end. It's considered middle end, but that's not true. Like a box of prism from last year's basketball class for Zion and jaw, like a box of those. I bought them at $350 a box. They're now worth $4,500 for the box, for the box. Like it's insane. And so, you know, the market changes, like basketball had a product called mosaic that was super hot. So then they made mosaic for football and it sucks. Like it's, it's, you got to pay attention to the market, just like stocks. Um, things can change quickly, but yeah, the product and the rookie, um, you want rookies second year, third year stuff. Not going to help you. This, I'm about to ask like a string of really bad questions. Probably, yeah, it's gonna, I love it. I'm excited for this. I'm excited. It's to... gonna be so. It's gonna really show like how unknowledgeable I am with sports. But so like the so like I assume Le- LeBron James has like cards and stuff. Yeah. So nah, like, he doesn't have any cards. <laughs> one, of, one of his cards just sold for like 1.8 million dollars. Really? <laughs> Holy crap! That's, That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. That's um, crazy. So like his card will like rapidly change in value depending on like if he has a really good game or something like that. Um, so so once they achieve like the status of like Tom Brady or LeBron James, okay. dude, he could he could not score a single point tomorrow and his market won't change a bit. They're, they're one of the greatest of all times. Like it's that's not going to change a thing. Um, you know, it's really the rookies. It's like the it's like the 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 rookies that nobody is like excited about yet for example like when joe burrow started in football this year he was the number one overall draft pick national champion heisman winner like his first week of starting his cards were extremely expensive and so that's a hard buy-in right it, it's you're buying in saying he's the next tom brady when it's that expensive um however you know guys like jalen hurts 
you know, made it to the college football playoffs, Heisman runner up, like really close to that Joe Burrow status. His stuff wasn't that that expensive because he wasn't starting. People thought he'll never play in front of wins. So he's just going to rot over there in Philly. And so dollar, two dollars, five dollars, I'm buying it all up. And then boom, he gets a start. He does well, throws four touchdowns. And uh, it was actually a weird time of year because usually the beginning of December is not a good time for sports cards because, you know, Christmas, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's an, it's a non-essential expense, right? It, it's a hobby. It's not a focus of like, there's not many people unless they're like in the industry, like I am where sports cards are something they like focus on. So, so when that focus shifts for different reasons, well, at the beginning of the pandemic or, um, you know, holiday season or stuff like that, like this industry doesn't do fantastic, but you know, Christmas is over now. Basketball's back. Like those kind of things. Playoffs are coming for football. The times of year are huge. So, I mean, if this, if anybody listening like that knows anything about stocks, if they're, if you're not already thinking about how this correlates like to the stock market, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like this is so like you're, you're talking like, it, I mean, it sounds like penny stocks, right? Where like the nobody, yeah, almost. You know, like the nobody <laughs> people that you're buying, they're purely speculative. You're just taking a chance on them. They're more volatile, right? They're cheap to buy, but like they could skyrocket or they could, you know, never be worth anything and you could lose your investment. And then you got like the LeBron Jameses who are like the, you know, the Berkshire Hathaways that are already like, you know, like way out of everybody's price range. And they're just like, you know, they're just, they are what they are. Right. So, I mean, I think that's really interesting. Um, So like, kind of relating to the stock market, right? There's different sectors, you know, that you would uh, necessarily invest in right now. Tech is really hot, right? Are there any like, and and like you said, just a second ago, kind of maybe changes based on the season, but like, are there like, is there a specific sport that's just inherently more valuable? Like their cards are just inherently more valuable. Like is baseball cards just more valuable in general than football or, you know, like, what is that like? I would definitely say basketball um, over the last couple of years has just like taken off insane. Uh, a lot to do with that is uh, Gary V. You guys familiar with Gary V? He's an mm-hmm. entrepreneur that he's actually got, you know, a sector of his company devoted to sports cards. Um, but, you know, he's been he's been great for the hobby in just terms of getting exposure to it, helping people realize like the success you can have with it. But like something that he did was uh, I want to say it was Giannis's like maybe second year. Like he in a public forum format or whatever, what said, like, I think Giannis is going to be the MVP within a couple of years and I'm going to buy every prism rookie card that I can and get them all graded. And he bought hundreds and he was buying them for like 15, $20 a piece. Well, I, I don't know what the last Giannis PSA 10 prism rookie card went for, but I would imagine it's uh, definitely four digits. Um, so, you know, his return on investment went from $20 to like $2,000, like, hundreds of times so like you can imagine the profit and then it's all documented right like it's all in these public forums where he said i'm gonna do this look here i've done it look what happened (laughs) and so like that got a lot of people to recognize like holy crap like you know that's and and so i think strictly with him doing that with Giannis, people were like well i think this guy's better than Giannis, or i think zion's gonna be better than Giannis. i I think luca's gonna be better than Giannis, and it just kind of like went crazy right from then and i think a lot of it had to do with gary v and his Giannis uh market attempt and uh, so i'd say basketball is the hottest right now it's all about finding that guy that uh is affordable right now is on a big market team like my guy that i'm like come on now like rj barrett i really thought he was going to help because the knicks suck right the knicks are not good um i was really hoping that rj barrett would kind of like you know 
be the guy that turned the Knicks around and his stuff would go insane. Well, a lot of other people thought that. So his stuff started out expensive. <laughs> and like, so it was like hard to manage that, but uh, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. That's crazy, man. It's, it's a, uh, that's like the fun part of stocks too, is like finding the the hidden gems. Yeah. It's cr- I didn't expect that the prices of these would fluctuate so much. It is know? nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. So did there, are there any that like, and, and maybe I'm stealing a question in Mike's, but that's fine. Uh, are there any that like, the longer you hold them, like the better, or, or are these like kind of like buy and sell quickly? Like something happens that's, and like get rid of them. Fan, fantastic question. Um, I'm going to answer that in kind of two parts. The first part is vintage stuff. Hold it. Wait till the market is he like the, the economy. I mean, right now the economy, like last, a year ago, the economy was fantastic. Like people had spending money. Like that was a good thing. So your, your, you know, 1959 Mickey Mantle rookie cards or whatever. That was the best. I mean, this like one of those sold for a half a million dollars, a half a million dollars for a baseball card. The older they are, if they are graded in good condition, like certified graded PSA Beckett, one of those, the, the longer they're held, the better it gets. So if you get excited about this video and you go over to your dad's house and you start digging through the attic and you start looking on eBay and like, holy crap, some of these cards are insane. You need to go to a card shop, Google the closest card shop to you, find a way to get those things graded. They may say, hey, don't grade this. It's in too bad a condition. They may offer for you on the spot. I've been with a um, Indy card exchange owner. Um, he's a very good friend of mine. Also a Taylor grad. So another one for TU there. His name is Andy Albert. He owns Indy card exchange. Uh, I, I've been with him several times when he's bought forty to hundred thousand dollar collections, like on the spot. Like a month ago, somebody came in. They were like, "Hey, my uncle died. He has all these Michael Jordan cards. I don't know anything about him." And the first four cards he looked at, he was like, I think these are the best. And it's like, oh, unfortunately, these are only like, you know, $50 with the cards. He's like, well, I have three more boxes if you want to look through them. He brings the boxes in. The first cards we look at, we're like, holy crap. He ended up buying the collection for $70,000. Um, and it was just like this guy, it was it was this guy's uncle's stuff in his, <laughs> in his, in his attic, you know. That would be crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of value in the older stuff. And that's the stuff that, you know, if you're like, I don't need the money right now. Like, man, just let it appreciate. Let it appreciate. Um, the, the quick flip is definitely bigger with the newer stuff. Unless you really believe that somebody is like the next Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend waiting until you think they've peaked within that season and selling. Or if you think it's a guy that's going to pick peak next season, you know, hold it then. There's a lot of times we'll buy cards. And we're like, I'm sitting on this for a while. Um, like Jordan Love right now, I'm not a big Jordan Love fan, but his stuff is kind of cheaper because he's not playing. And so he was a first round overall, he's first round pick, like, you know, all these different factors. It's like, man, it's so cheap. Like it seems silly not to go in on it. And then there's guys like, uh, like Drew Locke. We invested in Drew Locke. I did not think Drew Locke was going to play as soon as he did. Jarrett Stidham is another guy that we kind of dabbled in a little bit um, for the Patriots. We're like, eventually Tom Brady's going to retire. And then he'll take over. Well, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Tom Brady left. They got Cam Newton. Who knows? But uh, but there's a lot of guys like that. When you when you think about holding um, and, and letting them appreciate, you're waiting for like their time or you're waiting for them to be like an all time great. Uh, so it's definitely like it's your opinion. Right. And it's your it's, it's your piece of fun. It's your piece of profitability that you're working with. Um, but, yeah, definitely there are cards that I appreciate a lot. In fact, like this is going to sound crazy. There are a few companies, and I can't think of any of their names, but essentially they're stockbrokers for cards. They are rounding up like, uh, um, you know, 
old, old stuff, Mickey Mantle rookies, uh, Willie Mays rookie, like, like the vintage stuff that is, has only gone up for a decade. Um, and you know, and they're essentially saying like, you know, we'll take it, we'll, we'll hold it for you. Your money will appreciate, we'll sell it whenever you want. Like, and it, it's crazy to think of those little, you know, dollar packs that we were getting when we were kids, our, you know, our, our grandparents were getting them for 10 cents or whatever back then being worth, you know, half a million dollars. <laughs> it's crazy. It's kind of like, uh, I mean, again, stocks trading versus investing, you know, like yeah, you're exactly. day trade exactly. or swing trade. Exact you know? same thing. It really is. It's just like, a, it's like something you can hold in your hand as opposed yeah. to. A the difference is you can watch, you can, you can learn, you can see how it goes on ESPN at 10 o'clock when you're watching the game. <laughs> Yeah, as opposed to CNN Business or you exactly. know, Yahoo Finance or whatever. Man, maybe I should start doing some more sports cards because I enjoy watching sports way more than I enjoy watching the news. So no, that's funny. Um, okay, so I have two questions kind of together. Um, you kind of answered one of them already. but So the first one is just like you've mentioned getting cards graded before. So is that just something you go to a like a show and there's somebody there that can grade them or I know you said on eBay, like you can do it right there. So like, how does uh, that work? So, so grading at, it's funny. If you had asked this question a year ago, I'd be like, yeah, grading is the easiest thing in the world. Um, there's, there's, there's like five companies that do it. Only two of them are really credible. Um, and that's Beckett grading service or PSA. Um, I was a Beckett guy for a long time. I, I've kind of switched over to PSA. And again, I really talk about this in that video and I show you kind of the difference um, that's on our YouTube channel. Um, it's called, you know, tips on investing in sports cards, whatever, something like that. Um, but like, uh, those two, like, for example, a PSA 10 Kyler Murray at one point last month was selling for like $600. A PSA nine was selling for like a hundred dollars. A BGS nine was selling for like $85. I mean, like there's just like a slight hierarchy. Um, they're, they're very similar, but the, the problem with grading is the only way that you can grade it is either to send it in yourself or to send it through a sports card shop, like uh, like any card exchange or something like that. And it takes forever. I sent in a hundred cards. I think it was at the first week of July. I still have not got them back. Um, what, and, and it's hard because when you send it in, that's the investment right there. Cause I had a lot of, uh, Gardner Minshew in there. And uh, after the first game when they beat the Colts this year, those cards that I sent in were going for like two and $300. Well, after he lost his job, got hurt, all these different things, now they're like $30. Yeah. So it's frustrating because it takes way longer than they say it's going to take. But uh, but it's worth it. We, we got an order back from PSA that we'd sent in earlier in June. We got it back like a few weeks ago. In total investment in that order, we had about eleven hundred dollars between the cards and the grading service, um, and it was worth about eleven thousand dollars in total. And we've sold about half of that already. So, um, grading is if, if they're in good condition. Now we look at hundreds of cards to send in for grading. We usually only pick like thirty to fifty that we end up sending in um, because a PSA eight or lower for newer cards, and I'm talking for newer cards. A PSA eight or lower is actually going to bring down the value of your card. PSA nine is like the same, maybe a little better. PSA ten, that is that's big time. You just you know double, triple, quadrupled your investment. Um, and then my second part of that question is like, so have you ever seen like people making like fake cards or like anything like that? Like if you're at a a card show, how do you know like if this is a real card or, or anything like that? Yeah, that's a, that's a phenomenal question. Um, 
I have not seen them be able to duplicate any of the newer stuff. There's some new technology that goes into the cards, um, like uh, the prism finish. Like I have not seen that duplicated at any point. Um, but the older stuff, specifically like Michael Jordan rookie cards, um, there were people, which is funny because back then it was like, people were like, man, these are going for hundreds of dollars. I want hundreds of dollars. Let's make fake ones where now it's like the originals are going for like tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's make some now, you know, um, <laughs> but there's like, it, it's crazy. I was in any card exchange like a couple weeks ago. This guy comes in. He's like, Hey, I bought this Michael Jordan rookie. It was a deal I couldn't pass up, which probably means it's fake. Can you look at it? And I'm not trained on this. Um, the guy that the guy that was working there that's that is trained for this looked at it and was like, you see how these red dots are so small? And then he pulled a real one out. He's like, see how these red dots are big? I mean, minuscule details just on the border of the card. Um, he's like, unfortunately, it's fake. So, I mean, there's it, it's funny because there's like certain cards that seem to have been like, you know, made fake or whatever. It's not like people printed sets like fake sets. It's like, oh, the Jordans or the Willie Mays rookies or the, you know, Roberto Clemente, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, they're out there. And, uh, if you're at a card show and you're buying something that big from somebody that doesn't look like a millionaire, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, maybe that'll, I'll take solace in the fat and I'll just keep telling myself that my, uh, you know, holographic Charizard was fake and it never would have been worth anything. It just makes me feel better. You know, um, I have just, I guess, two quick, uh, little fun questions and then, and then we'll wrap it up with our, you know, dad stuff. But, um, I guess the first one is what is the most valuable card that you know of in existence? Is there like one that's just like, this one, that's like the the golden calf, you know, like yeah. I mean, so so in terms of like value, I mean the, I think there was like one ever PSA ten, uh, um, Mickey Mantle rookie card that sold for like half a million dollars. It was crazy. It happened at the national card convention. A guy came in with a briefcase handcuffed to his hand, like exchanged <laughs> handcuffs. Like it was insane. Um, but uh, that was probably like I don't know, like six or seven years ago. Um, but, uh, the, the card that like my, like Holy grail of cards, I guess is, uh, the Tom Brady, uh, PSA 10 contenders autograph. Like to me, that's like the, like, I think it's only, you know, probably like $20,000 and that's, it, it fluctuates. That's the crazy thing is they all fluctuate. So it's like, um, you know, has it gone up? I, I, I probably haven't looked at one in like, you know, five months, honestly. Um, so I don't know exactly where they're at right now, but it's in that range. Um, and so, you know, I think he, in my opinion, a quarterback fan, a football fan, he's the best of all time. That's the best possible card you can get of him. Therefore, that is like the That's best. the one. That's the if one. you ever got a hold of it, would you would you sell it or would you just hold that sucker for? It depends on it depends on where I'm at in my life. Because like <laughs> right now, if it was like boom, I'd be like, I need a car. I need to buy a new truck right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know, hopefully, I get to a point in my life someday where it's like, man, I can keep this back. This is going to be one of those life changing cards for my family someday. Yeah, that's really cool. And then what's the uh, what's the most valuable card that? you've ever had go out like through brothers and cards or like the one, you know, that that's gone out in one of your packs or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, that is definitely that this year that it was, and it was crazy. Cause I think, I think Kobe passed away like in February. And so it was like the next month or the month after that, it's so, like March or April. Uh, a guy messaged us on Instagram. And he said, I need to FaceTime one of you right now. 
which is like not a common message for us to get. Also, we're like, stay away from the crazy guy. Yeah. And uh, he was like, I'm 100% sure I just pulled the best card out of your program. And I don't know what to do is what he said next. And I was like, okay, you've earned a FaceTime call. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I literally, it was cool because this guy was military and he was getting deployed the next month and his wife was due with their first child the next month. And he was like, we've had no idea what to do. And I was like, you need to pay to overnight that to Beckett, get it graded. If it comes back good, you're looking at like, you know, 20 grand. And uh, so, so he did, he overnighted it, came back nine, five, 10, sold for $25,000 next week. That's crazy. Yeah. I guess if, uh, if one good thing can come out of Kobe's passing, it would be that, I guess. Yeah. Freaking 2020 yeah. being the worst year <laughs> right. ever right. taking Kobe from us. So a um, uh, question, who's, uh, who's Kobe? Oh gosh, don't you? I know you're kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. Even a, even a non-sports fan knows that. I know that. Yeah, so. no, I'm just joking. It's like Jabron Lames or something, you know, just like, um, no, but that, no, then this is really cool. Um, but let's, uh, for the sake of time, let's, uh, let's kind of wrap this up here. So as always going to get into our dad joke portion of the, of the podcast. So, uh, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Jonathan first guests always goes first. You got a dad joke for us today. I do. And, and I'm, I'm worried that it's been used cause it's such a classic dad joke, but the old, uh, Hey, you're working hard or hardly working. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> oh my it's something I like to uh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> my dad always comes home from work. Uh, I actually work out of my parents' house. They're empty nesters now. They have three bedrooms for me, my brother, and my sister. That I store all my stuff in. So I just like work there. My dad will come home like every day, like exhausted from working at GM. <laughs> and I'll sit down on the couch and I'll just be like, hey, man working hard or hardly working <laughs> like, yeah. you've been playing with football cards all day yeah right uh, that's that's funny perfect sneak attack joke for a guy that just worked nine hours <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i bet he loves that <laughs> oh yeah he's probably really proud of you because it's like it's a dad thing you know? See, it's, it's like been passing on he's actually like super involved now he he's like my best employee like he he uh he helps a lot a lot he's listing cards right now on our ebay store <laughs> that's awesome that's really cool mike what do you got for us today um, so I have a nice sports themed one. Yes. Oh boy. This ought to be really, really rich coming from you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably is like, uh, it's about coming like from cricket Bro- or something. It's coming from Brooke. Oh, okay. So, well then it should be good. Good old be Brooke fine. never lets us down. Okay. So what do sprinters eat before a race? I don't know. Nothing because they fast. It's solid. That's solid. That's a good one. I like it. Uh, all right. Um, tell Brooke that she lives to fight another podcast. She only gets one strike, and she's gotten zero so far. So I'll let her know. <laughs> all right. So um, mine is, all right, what did the cowboy say at his second rodeo? Oh, gosh, what? <laughs> This ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> so dumb. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> this stuff is gold. Yeah. Oh man. I feel oh, like well. you set yourself. I feel like in the early episodes, you set yourself up with such bad dad jokes that I think they're all just super funny. Now. <laughs> I feel like I'm laughing way too hard at all your jokes now. <laughs> That's the point. Like I said, I taught, I taught for five years. I taught fourth grade. 
And so I just had like a list, like a printed list of dad jokes that I would just like, you know, randomly <laughs> just, awesome. like, throw at the kid. I had this one kid that was just like so stubborn. He was upset. He was frustrated during a test, put his head down. I just like kept shooting him at, shooting the dad jokes, just one after another. He wasn't <laughs> budging. And I sat next to him and I was like, dude, what did they call the guy with the rubber toe? And he was like, what? I was like, Roberto. <laughs> and for whatever reason, that unlocked the key to his brain. And he just belly laughed for like five minutes. I was like throwing heaters at him for like five minutes. He wouldn't, he wouldn't take it. And then the rubber toe got him. I still will see that kid. Like whenever I'm like volunteering over at Justice, I'll be like, Hey, like, do Roberto. And I'll just start laughing. Like, that's laughing. Like, I don't know what it was. Like, you must know some guy named Roberto. You just got it. You just got him. Some it, some jokes just hit hit different. Yeah. You know, they do be hitting different, though. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do be hitting different, though. That's uh that's my dad version of trying to be cool, you know. It just oh. doesn't work. Yeah, that was painful, uh, bud. It wasn't good. Uh, I didn't like uh, that at all. Jonathan, take a take one more minute to just uh, you know tell the people where to find you and uh, give yourself one little pitch, and uh, then we'll wrap it up. Sure. Yeah, guys. First of all, it was awesome being on here, and, and you know I'd love to interact with any of you guys. The best way to to get to know us and to learn more about us is on our YouTube channel and also our Instagram. Uh, it's at Brothers and Cards on Instagram, and then it's just uh, you know Brothers and Cards on YouTube as well. Um, anytime you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a, a message on Instagram. We'd love to help you get started in the hobby. That's awesome. We'll put the those links and uh, handles and stuff in the show notes as well for you guys. Um, just a quick wrap up on our end. Um, as always, now we are uh, doing this in front of our live uh, premium Discord members. So if you are listening to this on a Tuesday after it's been released, you could have listened to it earlier live and then uh, we are also going to be doing a live Q&A session right after this is over for any follow-up questions that our members may have um, so that's just one of the features of our discord um, but yeah as always guys thanks for listening um, please make sure to subscribe download um, tell your friends you know all the fun stuff and uh, just kind of help us grow the podcast it's been a lot of fun doing it and uh, we'll keep trying to bring quality guests like Jonathan on for you guys and um yeah, so I mean that's pretty much it, Mike. What are you doing the rest of the night? Um, I don't know. I uh, so <clears throat> I tomorrow. So hold on. Okay, sorry. <laughs> are you? Do you need me to call nine one one? Oh, okay. Um, so I start a new job on the twelfth, and I have Friday off for New Year's, but I took all of next week off, and so I'm super excited. Um. So, I mean, tonight I'm not really doing You're just going to be playing PlayStation 5. I probably will, day, yeah. Like, I'm not taking a cool trip or anything. I'm just going to play video no. games and sleep. Yeah, you're going to neglect all your stock dad's responsibilities, probably. play PS5, <laughs> you know, sleep in. Uh, no, but that, that reminds me, we are giving away a PlayStation 5 um, for any uh, new All-Star or – well, not new, but any new any All-Star or Hall of Fame subscribers – um, that sign up by the 14th, I believe it is, Mike, right? Yep. Um, we'll be doing the giveaway on the 15th. If you're already a member of the Discord, you can upgrade to an All-Star or Hall of Fame membership and be eligible to win that PS5. We've got it in 
uh, Mike's possession. Mm -hmm. Mike found two of them somehow, which uh, if he only got the one, I'm pretty sure we would not be doing this giveaway because I don't think he would. I think you would have forced me. (laughs) I would have probably driven to Iowa and made you, but it would have been uh, a battle royale for sure. Unpleasant. (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah so no guys check if you haven't already check out our stock dads facebook group uh check us out on instagram we got a, a new and improved instagram with a lot of new educational material and fun dad stuff there as well um check out jonathan's brother and brothers and cards on instagram youtube all that fun stuff and uh check out our show notes and um, i'm just gonna stop talking and we're gonna <laughs> get out of here it's time for the Q and A session. Solid so wrap up. up. <laughs> like that? I'm like the worst at wrapping up. I just like yeah, you're not very good at it. I'm not. It's yeah, okay it's, though. I think that's it's part of my uh, it's part of my endearing nature, yeah, and that's why people the love charm. the podcast. Yeah. Don't want to say yeah, goodbye. Right. There you I'm go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and join our Stock Dads community on Facebook and Instagram. But most importantly, don't touch the thermostat.